Just a warning about this week's episode, there is a throng of explicit language and themes. I mean, maybe that's obvious. So far, the word fuck has been said 22 times in five episodes. And when talking to all our exes live in Texas in episode three, we use the phrase, it's time for wanking to the Bible. So it all probably goes without saying. Having said that, this particularly feels like an adults-only episode, so maybe don't listen to it with speakers at your local children's playground, for instance. Don't say I didn't warn you. This spring, DZ Death Rays are gonna rock your cock out of its jocks. We've got DZ Death Rays touring Australia this October, November, joined by Polish Club, Void, and the Boys. Tickets available now at DZDeathRays.com. Polish club have released their second album, Iguana, and they seemed pretty down about the whole thing. But things are starting to turn around now. This is Polish club... DZ Death Rays have announced their tour with support acts including Void and The Boys, and of course Polish club. This feels like a good time to call in Shane from DZ Death Rays into the studio. What the hell is in my head? I keep feeling like I'm dead and I'm into it. Their new album, Positive Rising Part 1, seems like a turning point for them. And with the promise of Part 2 around the corner, it feels like this album is setting up for its own sophomore slump. They've also taken on board a third member to officially join the band, so the whole album sounds bigger than ever. Shane seems pretty cruisy about the whole thing. See? This podcast is this is kind of about the second record thing where it's kind of like, for some reasons, hard... Mm. To do, do you remember you making your second record? Uh, yeah, I do. Was <laughs> it was uh, made in two thousand and it was a quite a quick turnaround. I think we made it in two thousand and thirteen, but at the end of it, and it was out in April two thousand and fourteen. Oh, right. It was a really really fast turnaround. I think so. So you didn't have that overthinking thing. We. Yeah, it was, it was a, I guess in a way it was a kind of a weird one, but we sort of, because our first record took, say, four and a half years to put together, and it was a collection of songs over four and a half years. Then when it came to album number two, I had to, like, we, Simon and I had to write, like, specifically for that record. Yeah. Um, but it was because we, it was the first time we sort of, you know, like, working with Burke Reed on that re- second record, he sort of was able to transform the songs we had as demos into something. But in saying that, you know, the first record, we didn't do any pre-production really. We tried to, but it, we were too stuck in our ways. We couldn't change any of the songs. When it came to record number two, we sat down with Burke for, I think it was like a week and in a room and he just would like try and find BPMs, but he'd have like this application, like this app on his phone, which it just had a snare and a kick drum together and he just find the B, the BPM for us for the song. So we'd get blind all night and party at the studio because we're out at the Grove, oh. but we're in the little barn shed. So we get really, really drunk every night and then we wake up hungover and we go into the barn and just where we were also sleeping and we just listen to this sort of like military style 
<laughs> drum beat and try and find the BPM while Burke would sort of sleep and then he'd wake up and go, ah, oh, again, and he'd sort of change it till we... Again. Yeah, yeah again. It was, <laughs> it was a bit like that. And so for us it was like this whole new thing of finding out how to make these songs great. And, you know, we were writing lyrics and stuff in there and writing new parts and so we, we that was like the idea of taking sort of ideas that were sort of half-baked and turning them into songs and then we went into the studio and it was, yeah, it was kind of a revolutionary sort of record for us in terms of the band to sort of figure out how to put together an album. And so you like stepped up, you like technically stepped up what you do. Yeah, and we also, more so we just like decided, like he, his, his sort of direction was that we're going to piece it together rather than... You're writing for a purpose, yeah. Well, yeah, and it was also like in terms of tracking, we mm-hmm. pieced it, like we pieced it like it was a dance oh, so record. You didn't like play all the way through? And- no, oh, we were like, cool. oh, dude, oh, right. but we're, even to the point of like a guitar riff mm-hmm. would be, all right, do the low notes of the guitar riff on this tone and then the high notes. So I had to relearn oh, wow. everything and then it's like, oh, we're just going to do this, the snare and the toms. Right. On this it was one. way and more it, deconstructed and it was intricate co- as I ever would have Yeah, guessed. so if you actually, you know, in the grand picture of it all, you sort of listen to it and you go, it just sounds like a song. But if you pull it apart, yeah, the low notes of <laughs> of the guitar is one sound and then the high notes are one sound and the bass is a different sound and the kick's different. The kick changes between uh, chorus and, <laughs> and verses and, yeah, all that sort of stuff. So that was like, it was just a whole new learning experience for us. Um, do you still do shit in that way? Mm. Or in, in between this album and your last, the new album coming out and the last one, did you discover a new way of doing it or have you locked into how you work? No, I think that was a bit of a special one. But I think after that we kind of were like, oh, let's just change between songs and mm. maybe keep. Oh, okay, right. Because on the third record we really wanted to have a bit more of a live sound. So we wanted it to sort of feel a bit more like it flowed track to track rather than it being sort of pieced together um and now yeah we sort of take that approach a little more than changing the kick every chorus and you know verse it gets i mean it takes a lot of work we did some nights where we're sitting up it's like four in the morning still trying to record guitar parts and like work them out at the same time fuck that was was there so you've had how many five now uh no, we've had three out. So we've got three fourth rec- coming up. Fourth, fourth one's coming, coming out. out. Yeah. This, this is some good research there. <laughs> it was one off. Also, well, technically, there's like another part two. So yeah, that's so going to be number five. There's going to be part two, right? Yes. See, which I'm going into. So ah, so well, you're very. That was very smart. Coming in 2020, DZ Death Rays Positive Rising. Part two, a collection of the biggest, wettest rock hits the world has ever seen. Get ready for the second coming of Rock Gods, DZ Death Rays. Have you ever, have you ever had corporate money? Not as much as I'd like. Or done shows that are like corporate oh yeah. like, i know we've done stuff in like places uh like thailand oh, where yeah. pepsi and chevy are the sponsors yeah i keep seeing it's bands insane. getting those sweet things like who's going to those things Fifty thousand thai people what? oh really yeah 
There's like this festival. Is that what just did? Uh, No, that was a different one. So the one we played was, this is a fair few years ago, like, you know, it was pop artists playing (laughs) with, and they had Japanese, uh, they actually had these Japanese artists design the stages. So the stage that we played was this small stage that had an inflatable UFO over the top of it that shot lasers into the crowd. (laughs) The main stage where the pop artists would play had a Ferris wheel on it that you could ride on the stage. Wow. And then you could look down off the Ferris wheel onto the stage where the pop artist was playing. And it's just like a big corporate um, ad. Yeah, so the guy who booked this was like, I hope you don't mind all the Pepsi and Chevrolet stuff everywhere but but they essentially paid for you to be here and i was like that's fine yeah <laughs> yeah i'll, I'll change the words yeah. to say pepsi i don't yeah. care yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like call it what it is you know well, i think i think yeah it's like i don't know i feel like all that kind of stuff that would be perceived as like selling out now is it's kind of different now eh? yeah it's, it's hard to get by i think it was uh Old mate from Black Flag, you know, he he said that thing. Henry Rollins was yeah. like, in the end, what would you rather? Would you rather my song, if you're a fan of me, on a car ad, or would you rather them do a song that sounds like my song mm. yeah, and not pay me? It's like, it's not really selling out anymore, is it? Yeah. You know? But it's also like people always like message us and ask us like, what's the best way for us to support you and like, or say buy your album where most of the money goes to you mm-hmm. and it's like no they way. obviously want to us to survive as a band and make money so it's like i think if they know that you're getting a stupid amount of money that you otherwise wouldn't get by being on a i don't know coca-cola commercial they don't they're not gonna give a it's shit not even a stupid amount of money it's like it'll be it'll, compared to it'll be like they'll be like oh that's a wage now that's a wage for this year like a minimum wage i think people are realizing that it's like it's either zero or a modest amount of money from a brand. I also don't think that people who are outside of music even know how to comprehend what money is mm. in terms of music. They, they see a band who's on played on Triple J and think that they're yeah. rich. Um, but then they might hear you and if you're on an Apple ad when you maybe got like a really great sync and you got 80 grand, then they'd still be just like, oh, that's cool. I heard that song on an Apple ad. They wouldn't. It doesn't really register. Yeah. I don't think like the scale isn't there. Um, whereas maybe back in the nineties, it was, you know, people, you could actually show how much money you had by the house you had and, you know, and sort of like the magazine spreads that were going on, it was kind of, or the way you sort of arrived to a show, but you don't really see that as much anymore. I don't think. Yeah. All those things actually like kind of translated into cash a bit more, like getting like big festival slots and totally. Yeah. So Julia Jacqueline, she told us. Because we assumed when we reached out to everyone that everyone would be like, yeah, the second one, that's the that's the pain in the ass. And after that, it's, you know, smooth sailing and easy as piss. Um, easy piss, as piss. Notoriously easy. Um, Unless you got like kidney stones. So is the third one <laughs> the difficult one? Because that's what Julia said. Yeah, the third one was the hard one oh, for us. But that's, but that's, you had a lot of time in between, right? Yeah, that's why. It was... Yeah. The th- I think it came down to the success of the record. Mm. So uh, the first record for us, you know, we were we we sort of just kept going on the same trajectory we were already on. But then the second one pushed us into the next level. Stratosphere. Mm, I wouldn't say the stratosphere, rock, but rock. we started doing overseas touring, like yeah. a lot more of that. 
Like we did about a year and a half overseas to uh, of overseas touring. Step that pussy up, as they say. Yeah, somewhat. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a RuPaul thing. I'm, I didn't even watch people at my work say that, and I was like, oh yeah, I don't know if I can say that. I've but I just a lot of Drag Race, and that doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> oh really? Me either. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'll have a look. I'll listen out next time. Should I Google step step in, stepping pussy up? Yeah, I fear for your wish ads after that, but yeah. So is it not like a numbered album thing, but a success thing and like trying to follow up something that was well received or like has built expectation for the next thing? Was it not so much in your mind, but other people's expectations? Um, I think for us, it was a momentum thing. Mm. So uh, we from the second one, we, I think we had two years between one and two. And then between, it was four and a half between two and three. And I think, like, we did a bit of, like, some singles and stuff between. But it was so hard for us to figure out what we wanted to do. There's some soul searching. Uh, A little bit. Well, also, we're just writing songs and kind of, I don't know what this is. I don't know how to, where to go. Um, And, you know, we did a couple of singles. Like, we did this song called Blood on My Leather, which were like, oh, this is like a Beastie Boys thing. Let's take it down that road and we'll do that and then there was no other songs that sounded like that so it was uh, just ended up being like an outlier track far out okay so we're screwed for the third album so we're gonna have like this kind of like soul searching period no i feel well, like we no, did maybe, that too. maybe not though the takeaway is momentum right so we yeah. just have to keep going yeah okay <sighs> so the when we did our first record um the studio we did it was this place called the white room and in Brisbane and uh, Neil Coombe was the guy who owned the studio and I remember him saying to me, he goes, if I can give you any sort of tips, because he was in a band in the 80s and, you know, it sort of like fell apart and stuff But and then started doing the studio thing but he was like, if I can give you any tips on being in a band, it's don't stop writing and I totally, like, totally stopped writing for a year and a half while we were touring and then just getting back into it, it took me... Yeah, like a year to do it. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, when John's you, it takes you. That. It takes you a while to like kind of wind back up into it. I, I reckon there's the the longer you wait between writing, the, the longer it takes to like kind of wind back up. Yeah. So if you like wait a little bit, then it takes a little bit to wind back up. But if you wait a long time, it takes a long time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Why not? Good theory. Yeah. <laughs> we'll draw a little diagram and put it up online for those of you that didn't follow that. <laughs> yeah, we'll go to www.lemonparty.org. <laughs> Lemon Party. Damn it, I should have said that one. Which isn't online anymore. I told, I convinced my housemate to look at it. Some people still don't know about Lemon have Party. Have you heard of Lemon Party, Shane? No. Oh, man. Oh, good. It's a really good um, songwriting. <laughs> it's not online uh, anymore. <laughs> It's just like um, we might you might as well say what it is because no like one can old, see it. It's like an old man orgy, like a, yeah. it's just like a gif of an old. Is it a gif? Or I a video? reckon it was just a still image, and then of from, three dudes banging each other, yeah, and, in like their eighties. No, I remember it to be a gif, and then um, the song that you know that song. If you want to be happy for the rest of your life, bet to make a pretty woman your wife. That's you know that song. I don't. Anyway, I that song know, starts playing. I didn't playing. even know there was audio to that because I don't think I had computer. the sound up. And ever. it freezes your computer as well. Oh really? Yeah. Oh man, that's John's like brutal. I swear it just froze my computer. <laughs> so and because it's called Lemon Party, it could be anything. And you're always like, so you're always, always like, yeah, this sweet like you know like um, you know music site or whatever mm. or design um, fashion. It's label. a real gotcha. <laughs> My favorite actual music like troll online thing was when someone 
pretended that the Daft Punk album, Random Access Memories, got leaked. Oh, and yeah. And it was like, you could just stream it on a website, and it was 15 tracks. And it was the like actual names, actual artwork, looked super official. And then you play it, and it would just be Avicii's levels 15 times. That's awesome. I also love that Pepsi, that guy that did the Red Hot Chili Peppers song. Oh my um, God. The fake <laughs> Red Hot Chili for like the Super, the Bowl. Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, this is like really convincing website. And he like, he recorded this like funny like knockoff Chili Peppers song that like. But on, so close that it sounds yeah, like them. Like on first listen, you're like, oh yeah, I guess like, I guess that's it. Roll around the California, but it's incredible. Yeah. That's yeah, our future, I think. Just like meme <laughs> music. Yeah, meme music. That's how you get. That's, that's how you get to the top. I feel like people just they they don't care about our music as much as like content. This is why we're doing no, this. That's just that's just people in general don't care about music as much as content, right? <laughs> I think so. I don't really I, know. It's kind of yeah. Depends what kind of band you are. Like, if you make good music, I was just then on the I guess train people like your music more. The girl in front of me had like one of those enormous phones, so I could like see exactly what she was doing right in front of me. <laughs> I love doing. I love doing that on the she train. She was. She was. People. I hate doing it because you look like a weird creep. But like, I'm like, you have the biggest phone in the world, so I'm gonna look at what you're doing. You're and she was just. She was just swiping like through Spotify. Like, must have been like a hundred songs. She wouldn't listen to a single one. Oh, I've seen that. Would, she would do that and then go back to Instagram, search bands, like all their posts. Oh, like to, like shock, like just every single post. Go to like a band would come up. She would like that post, click on the band, go through their feed, like all their posts, look them up on Spotify, flick through all their songs, flick, flick, flick. Like flick. wouldn't listen to them. Wouldn't listen to them. I mean, that's terrible she, for she your. Would, uh, she would like them. Your stats, <laughs> but she would like save them. So like for future yeah, reference or something, that. and then she would go to bands in town. Oh, like right. the app and then like search for the band and then look at other bands click attending but yeah. like it's like minority the report the way speed? kids it like, was like tom cruise and yeah. minority report it was just like yeah i've seen like, that too no one's actually <laughs> listening to music anymore and whenever i see people on like spotify like looking at like like they'll listen to like 10 seconds they like, put into a playlist but it's always every single song is no, nothing i've ever recognized it was stressing me <laughs> out she got served dz death race on bands in town though you'll be happy to know and oh, really? did she swipe Quickly, uh, cancel. She unfollow. Didn't click yeah. on it, but it was. <laughs> it was you be like, click on it. <laughs> well, I was waiting for her to get to pee, and we weren't there. Oh, good. Yeah. Come on, we've got shows coming up. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I have to do all our ones on bands in town, I but I actually use it because it's. I didn't realize, but I didn't use it until maybe like a year ago. But I was looked at it and I was like, oh, there's 47,000 people follow us on Bands in Town. What? Bad. So, What's Bands in Town? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, but every time you want to do a post, it actually just emails everybody. So I was like, this is great because I can just email. Yeah, it's them. a literal mailing list. Yeah. Well, how, how many do we have? I haven't. I literally forgot it existed until I saw this girl. And what is through it? it? Like a like a live music thing? It's like a RSVP event listing. Yeah, so you can oh. sync it to your Facebook and any bands that you follow on Facebook. We should look into it. It'll, it'll give you like notifications that that band is in your area, or that that band's in town. Yeah, in town. Hey, hey. Um, speaking of bands being in towns, uh, why did you record the new your new album in LA? Every band, every band has down. to do it. <laughs> yeah, every, is that the first time you guys have recorded in LA? Yes. Yeah. How was, was it? Uh, I mean, it was like it was inside a room, so it was kind of. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like you were recording room, like? on the streets of LA. <laughs> the room was <laughs> exactly like any right other. Yeah. Well, yeah, we could be. It was great. It was cool. We just wanted to 
because we were doing it was like our first record with Lachlan as well in the studio we wanted to sort yeah. of break away back, from uh no we didn't fire Burke, but we wanted to <laughs> change it up as well right. just we felt really com- like the sec like when we did yeah. bloody lovely with burke we felt so comfortable we finished at the end we had like a day and a half left Oh, we were just weird. like fucking yeah, feel, around in the I studio. Too good. I can't do this again. Yeah, and we're like, oh, should we just have a barbecue or something? I don't know. It's like yeah. that inherent masochism of every musician. It's like I shouldn't be able to sit down and just be like, well, that's that. That's yeah. <laughs> I, I did have to go back and do stuff, like to yeah. be honest. But it was kind of one of those things we felt like Please we smashed it. it too. And so anyway, we wanted to sort of change it up, and um, so we recorded with our friend Miro, who's actually from Brisbane, but he has a studio in LA now. Um, so it kind of worked out perfectly. Was How did the inclusion of Lachlan in the studio change things? Um, I mean, it was, yeah, it was kind of different for me to sit back and not play the lead stuff because on the last two records, I did all the extra lead stuff. Are you now um, the person's like, do it again? No, I'm just like, <laughs> they had, we had two sort of two rooms going. So he, while I was doing oh, yeah. one thing, there'd be like lead or keys getting done in another room. So I wouldn't actually hear it and then it all gets sort of thrown together. Like, Are you writing time. his parts? Yeah, at the same time. Uh-huh. Are you writing his parts? No. Okay, cool. Like, it depends. I will, sometimes, on the, like on these two records that we're doing at the moment, um, Lachlan might send me a whole track where he's written all the every, all the parts, like even to the point of like running drums, programming them. Or I might like write a song and add the lead and mm. give it to him. And we just sort of work it out at the time of like when we get into the studio. Like nothing's concrete until we're there. Yeah. Um, Do you write um, a third more songs? Um, <laughs> next well, I think that's why we kind of got this one like done a lot quicker. Okay. Oh, really? yeah. So an extra person. Yeah, right. Extra that's person good. throwing ideas around. Yeah, it has yeah. really. I kind of felt like after the third album, my brain was starting to run out of ideas a little bit and it started to all start sounding the same right yeah so when Lockie you know when he plays guitar he thinks about it so differently Mm -hmm. and so a lot of the time I'll hear it for the first time be like oh it doesn't sound right but then after a while I really like love it because it's different to what I would usually does that sometimes make it hard to communicate like what you're trying to write for someone else when you write for him or he writes for you uh yeah a little bit like I mean I'm I stay really into in the melody and key and he'll kind of like always go like quite minor yeah, I'm like and I'm like quite major. Yeah. He's dissonant and I'm quite major. Like even to like a minor progression, I'll bring in a major yeah. like lead line. Um, so it is kind of, yeah, it's, it's sort of difficult to sort of sh- show him work or how I'm thinking about it. But then in the same thing, I always end up really enjoying what he writes. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's been really good for me to sort of hear someone else, you know throw ideas into the track um but his songs on this neck like on this next song uh, album sorry that we're doing you know where simon has written the guitar part and sent it to me and i'm like oh that's rad and then Lockie's done the lead and i've done the vocal and it's kind of mm-hmm. like way more collaborative okay. and some of the some of those are my more my favorite whereas the ones that i've just kind of gone over and over and over like you know done like 20 demos mm of the same track trying to figure it out and it's all like just me just going oh maybe this will help it and this will make it better um like i really like them because i've put all the effort in and i think that now it's in the right place but in some ways they're not as interesting because they're not as collaborative yeah but i i I know that i'm kind of like that i've found a path and i've had like sort of go all the way to the end of that thing to sort of make it happen to be the right 
thing in, like to, to be what it should be in my head well that's uh, what like it always intimidates me the concept of like trying to um articulate like an idea when like i'm not necessarily the most like uh music theory inclined person so it's like i can't really imagine having to man. write a full part for someone else and being like oh, can you play it like this i have no idea about music theory yeah. whatsoever we have a song on that's coming on the next record that um when i did the demo like because miro he he knows he studied music at um at uni and stuff and we he sat down at the piano and he was like working it out. he's like it's so weird what you did he was like you sang it in major but it's actually in minor but it sort of fluctuates between them and he's like this is actually quite an interesting thing i was like i don't know man i was just singing out of tune <laughs> yeah, man, just, hit, hit, just hit that fucking record money mate shut the fuck up <laughs> but then, yeah, but then we, then we worked story, it out right? yeah then we worked it out and then it, it sort of once it all locked in like uh, the way that it, it, you, you can know, play to that yeah it was yeah. like oh that's how it's supposed to sound but he was like yeah this is just odd but also great because it's kind of hard to do if you were trying to do it but you just if you can't like i can't sing in tune so yeah. it's kind of like you just end up doing those things yeah it's, it's, just, overrated. it's like jazz right a little bit yeah <laughs> jazz rock and now a word from our sponsors you're listening to polish club's sophomore slump brought to you by the polish club in ashfield serving you delicious polish treats and Polish meats, stupidly alcoholic beers, free parking, heavy litigation, disco dance, nice vibe, convenient access to the station, happy faces, a mysterious smell I can't quite put my finger on, and a sexy Polish man named Lucien. Hello, we make good music, we make good food, good drink, it's very nice Polish club. Yes, and that was We've Got a Groovy Kind of Love by Phil Collins. What a great song, hey? What a man. Well, it's a pleasure to be right here with you. It's a Saturday night, the kids are asleep, so boil that kettle, grab a cheeky square of chocolate. Put your feet up on your favourite red cushion. I've got some Bonnie Raid coming up for you, but first we're going to play the entirety of Polish Club's Iguana. And you are welcome. Is that your cock in your pants, or is it GZ Death Race new album, Positive Rising Part 1? Album out now. now. <laughs> Thank you. Is it going to be, is the next, is the part two going to be like the same kind of, what's, is it like a, does the, Part two, link on from... Yes, well, yeah, essentially we kind of wrote it all together, but we sort of finished the first nine and then I finished the second nine once the first nine were recorded. Oh, okay. But, yeah, if I listen to, say, the demos for the, the second nine and, and listen to the, the album of the first nine, like, together, it all sort of fits into the same world. Oh, yeah. And it kind of, like, you know, deviates from into different places, but it's... Uh, 
It's all supposed to be like the one record. And the whole idea was we wanted to do a, a double album. Um, that's something different. But the point, like these days, if you put out two albums at once, it's like essentially like you get three singles and then you're giving away yeah. 15 yeah. songs. You're doing a stadium arcadium. So it's... It's yeah. it's kind of like a waste of tracks. Um, I was looking at that, like uh, looking at like with our second album. It's it's pretty much pretty much pretty much people only listen up to like track eight, I reckon. Well, well we were even considering like like half an hour's sort of where it's at. Yeah, now, we yeah. were thinking of an album being like a waste of music almost because mm. to that point, like people don't get through the whole thing I think, sometimes ever. I think you get a little more. Um, Sort of uh, like people take you a little more seriously yeah, if you, you can get, call it an album. Yeah. But an album, I think I've sort of been seeing it over the last five years. Like bands, uh, like Mets and stuff, have only put out eight tracks, nine tracks, and it's always sort of yeah. sat around thirty-five minutes. Yeah, they might have like a really long track in there, or like Cloud Nothings did it, and um, yeah. they sort of buffer it out with like buffered out with that. But it's still, as a listener, you kind of like you smash through it in half an hour. Yeah, I don't get bored of it, and then you can either listen to it again or you. But you know, you don't want to get to that point where it's like into the lull, and everyone's like. Whereas it used to be a CD, and you just it would just be on. Yeah. Now people are like, cool, just, yeah, it's so like, easy oh, to put switch Drake back on. Fuck that. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, oh, oh, Ed Sheeran. I get that Ed Sheeran collab album on. I'm sick of this. This other. <laughs> That's so depressing. But yeah. having said that, I can't tell you the last time I listened to an album start to finish. Mm. Like I actually can't. I feel like people now do, do people now like listen to an album or whatever if they get through it and then they just put their favorite songs of it to a. I think so. Thing. Yeah. I even sometimes just skim through albums, like skim through songs Next. and be like, yeah, that one's kind of a vibe playlist. <laughs> like first, based on the first ten seconds. Or <laughs> like like the first ten seconds and then like some of the middle get like get to the bridge, see what the bridge is like, and at the end does it get big and then like that's it. Oh, you like skim through a song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like. <laughs> I know that we're on a, like a podcast now, but I listened to a, another podcast that actually spoke about the science behind pop songwriting and streaming, and it was really, really interesting. You can't talk about another podcast. <laughs> You're gonna, like, uh, okay, I won't give away the secrets. You want to know the secrets? Like, hang on, should we shut it off? And then, so, so we can't have too many people knowing the secrets to that, right? I think <laughs> they already know. Four cups of sugar. <laughs> um, um, what's it called? Uh, I don't know. I'll send it to you. Okay. I think Maybe it's called Lemon it, Party. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, imagine if you were like, oh, yeah. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> Maybe maybe we could cut out the bit where you say it's from another podcast and we just make it like just this podcast and then someone else would be like, oh, I was listening to this podcast. podcast. Or we'd be like, Shane cracked the code. <laughs> Shane cracked the code to pop. The next minute I'm in court getting done. Wait, I've, never, I don't, I've never seen this guy in my life. I don't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> Hey, Nova. Yes, John. I'm just looking to book a band for um, a wedding or a function. Do you know like how I'd go about that? Well, it's funny you ask. Um, I've got the perfect thing for you, uh, for anyone. We're looking for uh, that special kind of band for your wedding, your funeral, or your next special event. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about selectmusic.com.au. Uh, they've got very reputable bands like the up-and-coming Peter Garrett and uh, Polish Club, Pagan, or Skeggs. Oh, yeah, I'm just bringing, bringing them up here. They've got heaps of good bands like uh, Art of Sleeping and Ballpark Music and The Amity Affliction and Holy Holy. Someone like the Jungle Giants would be perfect for my next wedding or function. Thank you so much for that recommendation. 
Uh, I see on their website that they're at 581 Princess Highway, Tempe, New South Wales. Or I could, if I wanted to, I could contact them on 0285776977 and ask for Casey. That's right, John. You could walk straight into the office in Tempe and speak to Casey today. I was just sitting down on selectmusic.com.au and just reminiscing on how much I love Holly Holly and Donald Bennett. Really, really quality acts at an affordable price. It's so easy to do. A monkey could do it. So book now at selectmusic.com. .au or in person right now ask for Casey at 581 Princess Highway Tempe selectmusic.com.au great bands great times great bands I feel like most rock bands never really set out to make a hard out rock album and like it always really throws the fan base like for six of it. Like people will be like, "What are you? Why are you talking about that kind of music?" I read that you really liked X and Y. Like, why aren't you? Don't you like Dave Grohl? Yeah, like, it's always Dave like a Grohl. surprise to people who like rock music that the actual rock band aren't super influenced by rock. I don't know. Is that surprising? Who's who's surprised by that? Fans. Did someone tell you? All the time. Oh, really? Yeah. People are like, who's, who's like, your do you, favorite? Do you use like Nickelback? Aussie, Aussie <laughs> rock and roll. Yeah. Or like we'll talk about, I don't know, the calling or something with a straight face. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, no. I No. But then you'll be like, no, then no. you feel like you're breaking I'm more heart. a stank, hooper stank kind of guy. I'm more of a stained man. <laughs> I'm more That's a, right. Stained without the E. I'm more a Scott Stapp solo project guy. Fuck it up. <laughs> yeah sure why not i'm not denigrating those people like i i like he denigration <laughs> denigration no beer <laughs> i think we're losing you it just had a podcast where you just sing like 90s where we just talk about <laughs> creed and yeah, like yeah. 99 and to bands. like not even <laughs> new metal just bad rock bands yeah like, very obsessed with um, live and created. I was, gonna, I was just about to say, just to say throwing copper was a great throwing record. <laughs> it's a good album. No, man, you I'm see talking this, about dolphins cry. But, the, but there's these there's these ads on Instagram advertising <laughs> advertising Anivert, the anniversary <laughs> edition, and they misspell like all the fucking songs. <laughs> was, really? So it was a, yeah. it was a video that the label had made. <laughs> it's a compilation of the five best live live songs so live songs to hear live number five was dolphins cry they spelt it Dolphins cry and then i commented i'm like guys you can't be serious and then there was another variation of it which was like the five most popular or like highest selling live songs and they Misspelled put, lightning crashes. They misspelled lightning crashes, which is like their most favorite famous song. Mm-hmm. And like, to be honest, really, like, lightning's, lightning's a tough word. To spell. That's fine. Okay, so they misspelled <laughs> lightning. They spelled it lightning. Yeah, lightning crash. Wait a minute. Are you sure that's their label? I'm positive. Yeah, it's also our label. It's our label. We probably do. We probably work with the people that fucked it up. <laughs> I don't love 
you. That was really good. There's um, another like one about water. Run to the water. That one. That was pretty good. Me there. I like the one with the word placenta in it. Yeah, placenta <laughs> That's lightning crashes. To the floor. Anytime I go and visit my friend in San Francisco, we get high and listen to live. Oh. So good. He's Polish as well, so you know. He's a good Polish boy, you know. Ed Kowalczyk. <laughs> Can we get Ed on the pod? I mean, he does visit Australia every he so often. He comes so much. What's yeah. the go with that? I guess we just really like I Polish. Think we just I mean, look, there's four <laughs> people in this room We're singing these songs. We're jamming on live, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, like it's always like turn. It always starts in irony and then turns into actual like yeah, actually, fuck yeah, live. I've completely stopped being ironic about like bands like that or any band that I like jokingly say that I like because I'm like, no, I don't. Maybe I love Smash Mouth. I don't know. Like, I was thinking about Smash Mouth the other day. I'm thinking about how good those lyrics are in All Star. Is it All Star? Yeah. Something? What's your favorite lyric in All Star? Um. Somebody once asked, can I spare some change for gas? I need That's to it. get myself away from this place. And the next line is so good. I said, yeah, what a concept. I could use a little fuel myself, and we could all use a little change. Wow, that is good. That is clever. <laughs> That's actually clever. a really good line. It's very clever. Yeah. It's more the delivery that, yeah. that, that, that is giving me the smile on my face. <laughs> It's a real, like even though like people laugh at that song, like it, you don't get a big song like that without it being good in some way. It's right? a brilliantly written song. I don't yeah. think anyone is going to argue that. It's just f- inherently funny. Yeah, <laughs> and it's also from the Shrek soundtrack. But also, but uh, there was a time when that song was not like there was no like people were, like generally. I, I remember liking that song just because I it was like I liked it. Not because every single every single song that we, people bring up in this sense, like ha ha ha, is a song that they listen to unironically at, at one yeah. point in their yeah, life, right, okay. for sure. Like I've I had creeds higher on my MP3 bring, player yeah. once upon a time. The internet just brings them back around in a different context. Breathe life weird. to them. If I yeah. could get a fucking song that everyone laughs at in like twenty years, I would I would kill for that. I guess that's to be a really good song then. Have you seen the video on YouTube <laughs> of the singer from Smash Mouth uh, playing that song live with his band, but he won't sing it because someone throws a piece of <laughs> he's throwing a piece of bread at him. <laughs> he's like, "Which one of you motherfuckers threw the bread?" <laughs> no, I'm gonna look I'm that up. Beat the shit out of it. You gotta, you ones. gotta watch it. Just search like Smash Mouth Freak Out or Smash Mouth Bread. And they're playing it, and the band's playing the, it right. The like they're band. It's just riffing on the boom, check, boom, yeah, they're bamboo, boom, check, boom, and he's like, "I'm gonna beat the shit out of you, motherfucker." He sounds like Hulk Hogan. It's art. It's art. I respect him so much. Which one of you motherfuckers threw the bread? Yeah, the first time Novak showed me that, he was like, "I just would have eaten the bread." I would have been thank, thank like, you for the free food. Yeah, why is he angry? Maybe he's like gluten intolerant. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's like, you don't understand what this means to me. <laughs> oh man, I've been wanting to eat this bread. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a fucking grenade that you throw on the stage. I mean, maybe one of those fans did it on purpose, knowing he was gluten yeah. intolerant. Now that's slap him in the face. Fuck, there's nothing. There's nothing better than that. No, no song on planet Earth will make me feel as good as that video makes me feel. Like, forget music. <laughs> that's that's what it's all about. Oh my god, Shane! Thank you so much oh, for coming in. Okay. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> yeah, we're falling apart. See you on tour, right? Eh? All right, sounds good. Polish clubs seem much more at ease talking about this now, and actually sound like they're gearing up for this next tour, which is great. I'm starting to think this podcast has actually helped. 
It's also probably in part because Dizzy Death Rays have done four to five studio albums, so they can see a clear path about what to expect next. So I'll have to kick this into next gear. Next week, we'll have to bring in someone who's much further down the road and can look back and give much more holistic advice about the next, say, eight albums. That was Polish Club's Sophomore Slump, produced by Tom Hogan. Tickets for the next tour with DZ Death Rays are available at dzdeathrays.com, where you can also get and listen to their album, Positive Rising Part 1. I'll also put links in the show notes to all the memes, songs, and videos discussed in this episode. And... And yeah, that's it. Yeah. Great balls of fire in my pants. DZ Death Ray's new album, Positive Rising Part 1, is on sale now. Featuring songs like, whoa, penis. Ha <laughs> ha!